They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. And today we have another special guest straight from Iowa. Uh, we have Miss Cheryl O'Hearn. Cheryl is the owner of Spin Market. They're a digital marketing agency based, like I said, out of Iowa. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us today. This is great. And, and it's so much fun to talk with fellow podcasters. Of course, I'm in our podcast room here at Spin Market where we produce uh, Spin uh, our podcast for our clients as well. So it's uh, exciting to have that opportunity to showcase our, our room and uh, get on and talk about all that there is about being a business owner. Yeah, well, I know with you, there's a lot we can talk about because, you know, you're growing this digital marketing agency, you've got a lot uh, of other things. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Like what, where spin was the idea came from? And, you know, the building of that? Sure. Well, it's been been quite the adventure as all uh, businesses are. Start, actually, I left a large Fortune 500 company in 2012, just tired. I, I'd, I've done the, was my third Fortune 500 company, tired of the uh, that corporate level, and knew that businesses in our area needed somebody to help them with marketing because they didn't understand we're moving this was back in 2012 and we were moving into the digital world you know more social media not as much as what we have now because now we're just inundated which makes it even harder for businesses to figure out what they need to do start and I love working with small businesses I love working on economic development I uh, have a former board member of the Main Street uh, program here in historic downtown Fort Dodge uh, on the growth, the Greater Fort Dodge Growth Alliance Economic um, Group board there, work with the Iowa uh, Economic Development Organization there, Main Street Iowa, all of those organizations, Leadership Iowa, as well as ABI, work with all those organizations and had positions and, you know, board and as participants with them. And then, of course, the 10K program as well, which started out as Lisa Shimk had a friend of mine who is also the uh, uh, director of the state of Iowa for small business development said, hey, Cheryl, we're going to be doing this in Iowa. It's the first time ever. I really want you to participate. So that's how I, I got onto that program. But um, yeah, as a small business owner, I started out just working with businesses a little bit, got to understand that we really have to divulge into doing digital marketing and the the bad part of it is is the newspaper and the radio stations were not happy with me because you know I'm I'm talking digital I'm talking digital and and they didn't like that and I said hey there's no you know there there's room for all of us here we we need the newspaper we need the radio it's just that people have to understand what they get and what they're doing and how to use the marketing because every business is different 
So that's where we come into is the strategic planning, talking with them, learning their business, understanding their business, and organizing their marketing so that they can, first of all, tell if it's even working. That's the other thing that frequently they, they don't understand, understanding that um, each of your channels, each of your marketing campaigns that you're doing or whatever, each one needs to be measured individually because they all are different. If you lump them all together, you really don't know what's working and what's not. And so you need to organize that in a way that you can see that. Uh, you also need to understand that some things are branding. Some things are lead generating. Branding takes forever. And you never stop branding. You know, don't don't stop that part of it. Lead generating um, is a whole different way. And so then you need to monitor that. A lot of culture things that you need to address as well, which is always interesting for them to get them to understand. Um, I frequently tell them, I can get them to your door. You need to tell me whether they walk through that door or not um, in order for me to help you to understand. So, uh, yeah, that's where it started. Uh, started out just myself. Um, from there, we I brought in a couple other employees and have grown, and now we are at 37 full-time and contracted team members. When I was at 10K in 2019, I had two employees. Whoa. So you saw, during the pandemic, those pandemic years. Pandemic was the best thing for us. Okay. So can you describe that? Yeah, it, that that uh, really struck hard to the businesses because the ones that were scared of digital marketing and and doing it had had to embrace it. No excuses. You know, you, they can't come to your door. So if they can't come to your door, you got to go to their door. How, but you can't physically go to that door. So how are you going to get to them? And how are you going to get that door, that uh, invisible door, open? So yes, it, that was the. It, it didn't happen overnight, but they were getting to understand it and realizing that they need to go that direction. Uh, and then, of course, I, I grew in how we brought in the variety of software. So right now we have about 300 products that we're able to provide. So depending on the client, we can best describe a, a, a software for whatever they need to do at a price point that they can afford. Um, I think that's another thing that's very difficult for them to understand because they, they get hit, they get bombarded with all this stuff and they don't understand and they don't know how it works. And so we work through that with them. And then the other thing is, is that we provide a dashboard that they can look at. Everything is all on one proprietary dashboard so they can see everything going on. If somebody writes a review about them, it shows up right away and they can go in. Um, it also helps them manage their business. So uh, an example would be, let's say you, the corporate or the uh, management owns all the marketing, but they have two or three people internally that they want to have access to it. So they can set that up. They don't have to send out, again, a security issues. They don't have to worry about passwords or anything like that. So we have a password vault that keeps everything locked up. So then if an employee leaves, they're not stuck with a big debacle. That's a that's a weekly conversation in our team meetings. Is we somebody lost their domain, their website went down, they lost their emails. Somebody bought the domain. 
Eek! Thousands of dollars to get it back, if you want to get it back. Um, an employee put everything in their name, in their personal uh, email address, and the employee went away. And that email address went away. You know, just all all those things. And, and that's, that's part of education, you know, to show them how it needs to get set up. That They may get frustrated with it and I'll say, believe me, you will thank me in the long run. Yes, it's a little bit of work to set up, but you need to do that. Not to go back to the beginning, but I'm really curious about how you were able to transition those customers from general, like your newspaper and radio, over to the digital world. Like that's like a huge jump for like a you know specific generation of people. What were what were you able to share with them that helped them come over? Because when you start tracking things and you start showing, okay, I can show you who, when, what, how. All right, let's go back to your newspaper. They have a, they tell you that they have 40,000 subscriptions out there. Okay, how many of that 40,000 read the paper? How many of them even saw your ad? Um, so you've got to do something with a call to action and get them so that you can track it on it. Same way with radio. You know, how do you track that? There are ways to do it, but what I also found is that the newspaper and the radio stations aren't telling them how to do that or what to do. They're not giving them, they're just interested in getting the revenue in and getting the ad in where we sit down and say, okay, let's look at each of these things. Let's plan it. Let's organize it. Let's figure out what needs to be done and structure it so that you are in control and not the other, not the advertising agencies that you're working with. So what's the first like initial thing that you try out? Is it like building them a website? Is it running an, uh, an ad? What's like the like lowest hanging fruit just to get them to want to, um, so that you can track the data? How do you get them in? First thing we do is listen. Have a conversation. Find out what they're doing. Get some, get some really important information on there. Listen to their pain points. What's their pain point? Is their pain point that... They don't have a website or the website was done and it's old or whatever. That might be an issue. Um, or it might be that somebody did a logo and they use Canva and every time that they try to use it, it's so pixelated and distorted that or, or they designed it on, you know, whatever. You know, everything again, it all depends on where the, the client is and then getting them to understand you know, what are their goals? What do they want to get to? How do they want to get there? If it's um, you're working with a, let's use an example, a bakery, well, it's easy to get them in the door. You just sell cookies. Buy one, get one dozen free, and you can get them in. Well, it's not going to be the same thing for, let's say, a financial advisory advisor that is going to have to spend months and months and months of work before and maybe years even you know they their their um, actual sales cycle could be even years before that happens so you need to get them to understand that as well and then show them on your data and your dashboard you know th this is what's happening this is what's going on this is who the other thing is helping them understand perceived customers because everybody says well everybody's my customer 
no, no, no. That's not true. If that was true, then we'd all be filthy rich and I'll be happy and it'd be kumbaya and, and because we'd have everything we wanted. But that's not how it works. So we need to determine who their, who their customer is, what, what makes that customer tick. Um, we do a lot in broadband industry out there because that's, you know, I actually came from the broadband um, world as well, so that helps me understand their lingo and what they're doing, but uh, they need to understand what makes their people tick in different areas, because I'm sure you realize, you see it, uh, what is it, what works in one town may not work in another town, just because of whatever reason on there, and understanding that and understanding your marketing has to attract those people somehow, even more now than before, because they have more options. And they can click and they can find out all kinds of stuff about you. And so, and, and they do that. Uh, I, I don't have an employee in or employee or a contracted uh, staff member that is older than 33 years of age. Wow. Because that's the ones that we, that understand this technology and you know it it put, gives you a whole different perspective because you're we're in a team meeting and i'll say okay here's a new client and we pull up their website and they're all going <gasps> no that's horrible yeah and and that's the market that they need to sell to so can i go back to the building of your business because mm -hmm like what 35 employees in a few years that's a big jump and I in two different ways of your business so one something like you I know the people were were more open to digital marketing but I've got to assume something was happening in your biz dev side of things that really were able to increase so on that side what happened there and then what you said you implemented technology which obviously helps scale but as I'm hearing that too, like getting the knowledge and the understanding and the and the base to be able to offer all those technologies, that opens up a whole thing too. So I would love to know on both sides of that, one on the biz dev, one on the the scaling. I mean, that is a lot of people in a, a little amount of time and to be able to do that so well. What changed in your business on each of those things that really allowed you not only to grow, but to handle the growth? Yeah, exactly. And really, it was reaching out to key people that I knew. So, you know, when we did our did the um, four months with the 10K program, uh, that really reinforced the fact that I, I need to talk to other individuals out there as well that are in this field and get their expertise and, and bring that in. So working with them, understanding it, going in and some of, you know, bringing in contracted individuals as well because they, they're in their niche. You know, somebody that's an SEO specialist isn't somebody that I want to design my website. Um, but, but the two are together. And, you know, getting, getting those individuals there and getting everybody vetted in a way that we knew that they were going to work in our environment and our team environment is how, and, and implementing new software on our side uh, of it as well. Um, we live in, you know, just like any other business, everything that we do is, is software driven somewhere, somehow. And as, 
being on this podcast. This is software driven on here and internet. And so that's um, getting that and working with it. And I, I really think uh, in one other thing that we've done is I work closely with the colleges, whether it's a, uh, a community college or a four-year college, and we bring in interns all the time. We constantly have at least one intern, if not more, uh, in our office, and um, that helps in a variety of ways. One, their knowledge, bringing it in, but also then they're going back out to school and saying, hey, I went in there and I got to sit at this corporate meeting with everybody or, you know, they're, they're going in. And then we also get the opportunity to vet them. So once they get done with school, we can decide, you know, is that, that a good match for us or is that a good one for us to contract with? Uh, and they've already seen our culture and how we work. And that really helps on that and, and has given us the opportunity to grow and make sure that we've kept that continuity and that customer service that we, you know, const constantly are pushing out there. Everything we do is customer service and, and looking at it and showing them. And, and I tell clients, we are so transparent. Um, there's nothing that we do that I do not provide you something other. You're not going to get PDFs from me that are 30, 60 days old. You are going to get real-time data so you can look at it and you can say, Cheryl, what's going on? Why is, why is that happening? And then I'll show you why it is and what we need to do to address it. That's awesome. I'm, so in, with all the employees, are you guys all in office or is it virtual or like how does that set up work to keep that culture? Well, and that's really, there, there's a lot of them sitting home and working or in those settings. Um, what makes it easier is they're already used to doing that. Whether if they came from college, those last, during COVID, they had to go to school that way. Plus that's how they live on it. So um, it's a little bit different. We do have an office, we have a huge building and uh, with podcast, video room, everything there. And we've got 10 employees in our office area. And then the rest are contracted um, mostly in Iowa. And then they work with us on projects and whatever we need to do and, and come in on it. So that gives me the opportunity to bring in a lot of knowledge and especially very niche knowledge that otherwise the cost of employing all those people would just be astronomical on there. Yeah. And as a leader, did you have to change, you know, anything about the business or, you know, again, I keep like focusing on, whoa, it's such a great, you know, did you have to change it? Like really be clear about change hiring techniques or anything like that as you saw, you know, the, the expansion being able to make sure a define. Did you feel the culture was well-defined before? Did you kind of have to massage it a little bit? I'd, I'd, I had to learn to let go. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, on there, because I had been so used to doing it on my own, or um, I went from the corporate world where you had a lot of resources internally, good and bad, and, um, you know, you, you were able to, to turn things off. Well, then you go and, you, you know, you have your own business, and, you know, that's your baby. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, okay, I, I, I can't have anybody upset somebody and lose a client or 
just because I can't afford to lose the revenue or whatever, especially at the beginning. So um, had to get used to doing that and, and understanding it, but having checks and balances in so that we knew what was going on. So like right now, um, when a website goes out, somebody else has to look at that website before it goes. A second set of eyes, maybe even a third set of eyes, I don't know, on there. And then there's a checklist. Okay, is everything linked up properly? Is the uh, widget that was there before that they still want on their working property? You know, all of those things. So, again, a checklist and policies and procedures internally that we constantly keep updating and are a resource to the team when they need to look for something. Well, and how about the point of learning to let go? Because I think that's probably one of the biggest things and every entrepreneur you'll ever talk to deals with. If you could look back and like one or two things that you, I like the checks and balances. I think that's key, but anything like that helped you get to that point of being able to let go or, you know, anything you can go back on that I was able to change this. Therefore, I realized how important this was. I just had to change this. Really? That, that was it. Just had to change that. You know, they still see me, but I'm in and out a lot at meetings and meeting with people and that type of thing and bringing back resources that they wouldn't necessarily have known before out there. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing and I enjoy that uh, and keep moving um, other details of the business off to them. Slowly. That's, slowly. I think, one of the hardest parts, right? You're like, here I am. I'm, I'm the person doing every component. But in order for you to grow, you have to go out there and learn and bring it back to your team. I, I struggled with that. I still struggle with that, where I'm like, I want to hang out with my team. And it's like, no, that's not <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm also curious what, um, going into Goldman, like, what were your, like, expectations if you had any and then being on the other side of it like you had what was your growth strategy and have you implemented it yeah um I had no idea what I was getting into I I I was blind as can be and probably if you had told me what I had to do I probably wouldn't have done it because I would have said where am I going to find the time to do this um and of course and then at that same time oh add another curveball in my parents, we had to get them off the farm and put them in assisted living. And, yeah, so I had that dynamic. Um, and then, of course, we talked before, I had the dynamic of my husband has farms, substantial amount of farmland, and has his own trucking company um, with about 10 employees on it. Uh, and we haul for a big lysine uh, products across the Midwest. So, yeah, I had a lot of dynamics going on and then Goldman Sachs. But, uh, you know, again, I'm a big networker. So that's how I went into the Goldman Sachs. And I thought, you know, if I don't do anything else, if I come out with nothing else, I will know about 40 new people that I didn't know before. And I'll have the opportunity to know about their business. And, and who knows, it might be, a mar you know, a new business for us. So that's how I went into it. Um, and so then, yeah, pretty, my growth plan, my growth plan was well planned, but it didn't, wasn't planned because COVID hit because we got, we graduated in August of 2019 and then COVID. So, you know, forget that, that 
wasn't there. We had to totally shift on it and uh, come up with different stuff. And then on top of it, we moved into a much bigger office. I had the opportunity to buy a big, big building that um, was just down the street from our smaller office. And yeah, just a lot of things like that. And so our whole plan with Goldman did not even mirror what, what we went into. But the positive end was it showed me how to do it. So it wasn't as scary as going in because you know, I'm sure both of you have gone in and done a bank loan. That has nothing to do with a growth plan. Well, I mean, it does. But the growth plan is a totally different thing. And nobody shows you that out there. And everybody's different. The big problem I had was um, most companies have a widget to sell. I don't have a widget to sell. I have services. I have software and services, so I don't have inventory that I'm pulling out of. We have subscriptions to software that we provide. So again, that's you know that was an educational and on the Goldman side when you know we're going through it and and doing my um, growth and and planning on there. We had to plan it different because we have to pay for all the you know subscriptions ahead, and then your goal is to you know, reimburse that, get that money back as you bring clients in. But you got to, it's like building a widget. You got to pay for it up front, but it's in a different way um, because a bank looks at that and goes, that's, that's, that's just sky. That's, that isn't, that isn't anything that they're used to. It's nothing they can touch or see. And that's probably the biggest thing on here. What we do, you never see. A lot of times you never see. Um, but, it, it is what it is. So I know you said you reached out to people, like really started asking for the help and, and that utilizing your network. Anything else that you felt really transformed your business because of the Goldman Sachs program? And it could even be just like, you know, learning how to shift that kind of pie in the sky, you know, to get a loan. Because obviously, you know, you've bought buildings, you've been able to do cool stuff. So anything else, like big takeaways that really where you look at spin marketing pre Goldman Sachs versus post? Uh, I think ha just ha having that network. And if you had a bad day and you're, we have one of our video um, meetings or whatever and so-and-so had a bad day too and so-and-so had a good day and, you know, you hear those things back and forth and it puts it in reality. You know, it's, it's, you're not alone. Uh, it's it's part of being an entrepreneur, and um, I've got one. We got a big distillery co distilling company, and um, yeah, they'd like to take home paychecks now. But I said, hey, you guys are doing great. You're paying the bills without borrowing money. I said that's huge on it, and you know, understanding that it it it'll come, um, but. You just, and you'll have your highs and lows, and you just need to work and have that network. Have, constantly be reaching out to people that you know, or you can even hire a coach. There's plenty of those out there as well that can help coach and help you look at it different. That's the big thing. You know, you're, you're looking at it this way, and they're hearing it and seeing something totally different and could possibly give you some uh, recommendations based off of what they did. Or um, looking at it and going, oh, you know what? You didn't realize this, but you said this. Why don't we do that? 
Sometimes you just uh, too close to the subject. I went through a very similar thing where like I was, I like photography, but I can't photograph my own products because then I become ultra critical and then I waste an entire day and I don't like anything. But I think it was like mm-hmm. having a code and be, and just trying to be more subjective about it or object, whatever it is, that word. But that changed a lot for me. Uh, but you're also, as a leader, you're also coaching these, these people coming up in your industry. What, um, what are you off like not offering, but like, cause obviously you've, you've built this amazing business. How are you, um, leveraging the amount of time that you've had into your business and kind of putting that onto your employees? I don't mean putting on, but like helping lift them up rather better term. <laughs> well, you know, we do several things. Of course we have a team meeting every, and then we have a training, you know, on there, uh, going through different software, but we also put together a Tuesday think tank. So the third Tuesday of every month, I say nothing. Um, you know, uh, I, I have I say walk in. There's no agenda. We're not talking about clients. We're not talking about projects. Throw it at me, and they come in with stuff. You know, um, hey Cheryl, I just found this one. Look at it. How do you think we can use that internally? Uh, they well. This Tuesday, we had a think tank, and they brought in Photoshop and the new AI, and how And one of the staff had got in, and look at this, look at this. I put a waterfall in the mountain part, and you know, and just, and, and then they, they went, and we took one where we had to take a car out of a photo because the dentist took a picture of the building, and his car was right in it, and the headlights were on into the window and she spent literally an entire day going through and and doing it and so then she went and did the photoshop with the ai on it and it was so cool just in seconds it was taken care of where before she spent a whole day so again the think tank no no agenda no nothing throw it at us think about it say whatever and um that's that's they get out of that and they're so energized and you know, motivated. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just an hour. And it literally kind of gives them ownership over their work and over what you're doing as a, as a group. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that's one thing that we implemented. And, and of course, you know, they bring stuff to the table and we discuss how are we going to use it? What's it going to do? And, and what could potentially generate revenue for us? And um, like, well, uh, podcast as an example that was not an immediate revenue generator um, it, but we had to put all the money in and, and the resources because people go oh how would I use it and then we start naming stuff off and bringing in sponsors and da 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 and then they go okay alright and then they start seeing clients uh, well I was telling you about the how to money with Cole and Cole um, Cole just said the other day I think about two weeks ago he was on the golf course in a town uh, about 60 miles away and a guy walked up to him and said I saw you on your podcast and no idea who he was never you know but I saw you on your podcast that's always awesome isn't that awesome that that kind of you can't pay for that kind of marketing. you think sometimes you're talking into a black hole and all of a sudden people are like oh you're like really oh, so that was okay awesome Aaron, like going to Goldman um has we have something here called alum corps 
they want to go national. They're amazing. Um, I got He uh, he started it. And when I went to this meeting we had, he literally arm in arm walked me to all these people. He's like, you need to be on the podcast. You need to be on the podcast. Courtney, you need to meet this person. And he said that he listens to us on his road trips. And that just like made my entire day. I was like, this is amazing. It does. Yeah. Tears start coming down yeah. almost, don't they? Yeah. Well, and actually I had a situation with that with another client. We, we, uh, it's a oil company and we had done this video of actually my, one of my employees hung out on my sunroof in my car while we were videotaping semis going, their semis going down the road and put it on the website. And, and the CFO came into our office and we had the website up and he gently turned and he pointed to the big screen and he just sat there and I'm thinking, Oh my God. Oh my God, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. He go just all of a sudden goes, "You knocked it out of the ballpark." I about had tears <laughs> down on it. You know, you're going, "Oh yes!" You know, we were hoping you would love it on it, but um, yeah, those are those are the moments that uh, make being an entrepreneur worth it out there. It's, the, the paycheck's great, you know, the money's great, but. It's, it's moments like that to have somebody just really, you know, you knocked it out of the ballpark. No, I was just going to say, what's next for you guys? Like, what is on the horizon for Spin Market? Um, we've got a couple really big projects uh, in the works that I will be helping get them set up um, out there. And, and so I'll be out of the office a lot. So we've been spending a lot of time, again, making sure everybody's organized there but um yeah just uh working really with some big projects and and getting companies a lot of broadband out there that's because that's a big push with the federal government and the states putting in fiber now they have to sell it um and that's interesting because they think everybody is just going to buy it and i'm going mm. Nope, 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 nope. First of all, you got to quit saying fiber because they don't know what you're talking about. They think you're talking about fiber <laughs> cereal or something. It's fair. It's so uh, fair. <laughs> you, you go Google it, and the, the whole page is nothing but fruits and vegetables. And we got these broadband companies telling everybody, you got to buy our fiber. And I'm going, they don't know what you're talking about, people. You got to talk their lingo. You can't talk your own lingo on it. Um, so anyway, yeah, a lot, lot of fun stuff. A lot of big projects. Um, a lot of, lot of cool things that we've got planned internally here because of think tanks and and employees being, you know, letting them be free. I, they they all have offices, but you should see them. They'll congregate in the hallway on the couch on the floor with the dogs. And, you know, work on things together and, and they get it accomplished. But it's a whole different world. I love it. So, Cheryl, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, where would be the best place for them to go? Um, it's Cheryl.O'Hearn at SpinMarket.com is my email. Uh, you can, of course, you can go to our website. It's SpinMarket. And Market has two Ks. So it's S-P-I-N-M-A-R-K-K-E-T.com. And uh, I'd like to tell you that that's brilliant marketing there so that you'll never forget it but it's not the actual spin market with one k was gone in the domain so i had to put another k in 
<laughs> all right, awesome. Well, we'll have all of that on our notes page over at First to Arrive, Last to Leave. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, we really do appreciate I'm, I'm, it. I'm thrilled to meet other 10Ks uh, individuals again, you know, not necessarily from Iowa, but outside. And, and I hope that our paths path, um, are again on the same path and, and maybe we can do some things together. I love it. Thank, okay, thank cool. you so much, Cheryl. Great. Talk to you later. Take yeah. care.